welcome to the show. It's episode 22. I'm Ben Maudsley. I'm here with David Wetnall. And we are back. We've been away for some time. Would you believe it? We're here. <laughs> We're back. What have we been up to since the last episode? Well, um, you now have an official snooker wife because you got married. That's it, me and snooker wife. We've gone legit after that, all these years. That was a great day out. I really enjoyed myself. Did you have a good time? I liked meeting the sort of extended snooker family. Yeah. And I found a snooker grandma in particular. She was a bit of a hoot. She is. Uh, that's snooker wife's grandma. Yeah, yeah. Not my grandma. She was very lively. She is. She's life and soul of the party. She, uh, she's she's not like a typical nan. Throughout no, no, no. after the wedding, we were getting photos took, and it was just family at this point, and not that many of us. And um, this photographer like trying to take photos, and you know when they try to make people smile, yeah. they normally say cheese. Yeah. yeah. So everyone's waiting there, and the photographer's like, "Oh, smile," and uh, someone goes, "Say cheese," and then Snooker wife's grandma goes, "Sex," <laughs> like that. <laughs> Which I thought at the time was a good guy because I thought like it no worked. one's expecting to yeah. say sex, so everyone actually laughs and yeah, they yeah. take the phone. And I thought that's a clever gag, yeah. good one. But <laughs> what I didn't realise was that um, she just said that for every photo, <laughs> and it didn't. It you know it loses its impact yeah. a little bit. And she was you know the, the reason you say cheese is because yes. it makes you show your teeth cheese yes. like that. But she was going sex <laughs> like that. I thought nah, that's not how it works. <laughs> I bet people started thinking she's a bit weird, like she keeps well, saying sex. We we went for a, a meal, like a lunch at lunchtime yeah. in this restaurant, and like we had a little private closed off bit, but you could get through to it from the main bit. Yeah. And uh, every time there was a photo, she'd shout sex, and all these fellas <laughs> in the other room were like looking through, going, "What is going on in there? It's a sex party." <laughs> sex. Well, that is funny. My um, grandma was scandalised by that. What do you mean? Well, um, there's a funny photo of like. Um, Jess's grandma's shouting sex for the yeah. first time, and my grandma's got like a her expression is just completely scandalised. <laughs> she thought it was funny, but she was very shocked. When sometimes we'd take my nan out to like restaurants and stuff, and she'd always like spot somebody in the restaurant and she'd yeah. go, I'm getting off. <laughs> <laughs> like a bloke, she'd be like, I'm getting off. I'm getting off with them. And she'd go, uh, I'm showing a bit of leg. <laughs> she'd pull up her skirt. I was like, nah, dirty man. I'm getting off. Then on the pull. Yes. Anyway, we should talk about snooker, really, should we? Yeah. Like, what's I, been going on? Do you know on? what? A confession. Yes, you've not watched um, any. Not watched any. Well, I've watched a bit. Uh, I watched the Riga Masters, which yeah. is quite interesting, because Lasowski was absolutely yeah. smashing it, like, Lasowski. all week. Just, like, yeah. battling everyone. Mm. Got to the final against Robbo. He hasn't really got to that point where he can perform on TV yet, mm. which is a hard sort of uh, jump, isn't it, to make? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he didn't he didn't perform very well in the final. Okay. A bit like in the World Championships against Higgins, he kind of went to pieces. The... But once he gets past that, I think he's going to be absolutely brilliant. He'll be a world champion. I think. Uh, Is that your snooker prediction? Yeah. Well, like Joe Perry said, I remember a while back that you can get stuck in that transitional period for like ten years. Yeah. Said it took him ten years to get and good on the get, over it. get on the television table yeah. and start playing well. And like Bingham took like ten years, didn't he? Yeah. So you never know; it could could never happen. Like, but he does look amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised Judd Trump hasn't kicked on since the World Championship because he looked really like on top form and like confident and like sort of put away his demons a bit. Mm-hmm. Although he got knocked out, he looked good in the World Championship. I thought. How far did he get in the World Championship? Did he get to the semis. He got to this. Uh, I don't know. I think did he get knocked out in the second round. I don't know. He, uh, I, I just thought, I thought he went quite far. Yeah. Went to the semis. But he just looked good. Although he got yeah. beaten, like he looked, he didn't look like he was under pressure. No, from previous years. 
but yeah, he hasn't seen. He hasn't really done much since then. He hasn't entered much. Or Has he not? He hasn't well, been... I saw there was all this stuff about the Paul Huntley Classic. Yeah, yeah. Because Kyron Wilson won it, and then um... complain that a lot of pros hadn't entered. Yeah, he just basically said like it's a bit of a poor show, really. It's a, that no one's entered, yeah. and um, and then other people were, were like saying it's a joke that it's a ranking event, and he was like, well, everybody knew it was a ranking event, and yeah. we, you could have entered and won and got the ranking points. So, should Trump, when I ever mention his name to people, he like people are like, is that really his name? And they sort of laugh a bit. Yeah, it's a, it's a funny name, isn't it? Maybe it's short for uh, something. What do you think his real name is? Mr. Judas Trumpet. <laughs> Judas. I'll shorten it to Jed Trump, but really it's Judas Trumpet. Uh, and then it was the World Open, which I didn't really watch much of that. I watched the final, hmm. and it was uh, Dave Gilbert got all the way to the final, and he's always been tagged as like the best player never to have won a tournament, and he got sort of quite far ahead in the in the final, and everyone thought he was going to do it. But he's, he, was, he was playing against Mark Williams, who mm. just came back and just battered him basically in the end. Because um, Mark Williams doesn't really give a damn, does he? He's, he he's got no nerves at all, has he? No. Well, he he said that even in that uh, final in the World Championship, when Higgins made that comeback, he said he just felt like he was just playing in the club. That final frame, he just came out, and that is an amazing attribute to have, isn't it? Yeah. yeah so never, I mean, ever feel nervous. I believe him as well. Yeah. Like, I've got no reason to say it, has he? But all those, going back to what you were saying before about players getting stuck in that transition yeah. from getting onto the TV a lot, you must have to have that attitude of like not feeling any oh, pressure yeah. to make it on the TV table. Yeah. And that's like those players, like John Higgins, uh, Roddy O'Sullivan, mm-hmm. Mark Williams, Stephen Hendry, they all came through really young yeah. and have been like consistently good because they're obviously just not bothered. Yeah. Well, and, and, get, and the only other way to get over it is to play a lot on TV so. yeah and that that kind of goes hand in hand yeah. but be able to to be able to do it so young yeah yeah but uh, it was interesting because um, they interviewed Dave Gilbert before the final mm. um, and he gave a little insight into why he hadn't sort of kicked on in those early years of his career have a listen to this I think a lot of people, snooker fans, would be surprised to find out this is only the second ranking event, semi-final of your career, having been on the tour for, what, about 16 or 17 years. But, you, you know, you've obviously found the best form of your career in the last, what, four or five years. What, what's kind of made the difference? Well, the, fir- the first half of my career, I weren't really a snooker player. I was a farmer, you know, there's only six... As <laughs> a farmer? Yeah, 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 as a farmer, really. <laughs> just, just turn up, just had a waistcoat. <laughs> but then, I mean, he was kind of saying that a bit tongue-in-cheek, like, but then yeah. the, the the guy interviewing him um, like starts like investigating this, like starts asking a few more questions, which I found a bit odd. You'd probably just leave it there, yeah, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah, I mean, you've obviously seen the other side of of work, driving a tractor and picking potatoes for a living. And this week now, you've earned thirty two and a half thousand pounds guaranteed already. So, how long would it have taken you to to earn that driving the tractor? Ah, oh, it's a year's money, six fourteen, sixteen hours a day every day. I thought that was quite odd. Like, so. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, this money you earned. How long would it take you in a tractor to earn that? Picking potatoes. Was it arable or or cattle? What type of farmer were you? Before you Milk to ask, man. Before you to ask that to like any player, regardless if they've been a farmer or not. Yeah. So you've earned uh, the twenty grand. Oh. How long would it take you to earn that working on the checkout at Tesco? <laughs> they need to know the conversion rate for everything. Yeah. Um, that yeah, I'd like to know some of the other jobs that. Of what snooker players Pro have done. snooker players have done. I think a lot of them have not, have not really had proper jobs because you have to start young, don't you, as a snooker player? Well, yeah. But, I mean, 
higher up the tour they wouldn't have done they would have just been professional players but like the bottom half of the of the, mm. the tour I reckon they'll, they'll they'll all be kind of dropping on, on and off the tour yeah. wouldn't they so they will, they'll have jobs they do in yeah. the meantime yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> love out <laughs> yeah wonder what Vinnie Calabrese's up to He's got his pizza pasta shop. He's got his pizza pasta shop. Vinnie Calabrese's pizzas. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was you can't it. knock them. You can't knock them. <laughs> you can't eat them. <laughs> Too dry. Venue vitriol. If you can come down to the crucible and watch snooker, you will feel so prolonged. You could say I was there. I did, and I don't even like. Okay, it's time for venue vitriol. We are still at the Norbert Castle Hotel. Oh, have we not left? It's been we've been there all summer. I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but uh, there's going to be like a tournament at the Norbert, like a seniors oh, yeah. tournament, and you can like book in for the whole weekend. Someone advertised on Twitter. Um, did I mention this last episode? No, I did. Well, so the guy who runs like Snooker Legends is putting it on. Um, and he said, like, he did this Twitter post and he said, like, oh, this amazing event at the Norbert Castle Hotel, get your tickets. And I just retweeted it and I thought, I'm not going to be disparaging. I just put, oh, I've heard good things about this place. Yeah. So people who know the yeah. podcast will get onto it. But, like, obviously I'd retweeted his post yeah. and immediately someone had written underneath, pubic hair in bath. <laughs> <laughs> pubic hair in bath. <laughs> I thought, oh, God. If he doesn't listen to the podcast. Oh, shit. But, uh, should we... It doesn't affect the tournament. I know, yeah. Well, it might put people off, but, you know. I mean, these aren't our words. We're just reading them out oh, yeah, from other just, paying customers. There are good reviews of the hotel. It's not everybody but hates it. It doesn't fit into the venue vitriol feature. So you want to do that top one first? All right. Oh, actually, this middle one. Let's do this middle one. Uh, this person, I don't know if it's a woman or a man, um, the way they talk about their son, it's like he's a celebrity because they mention like, his full name, which you wouldn't do, okay. which, which made me thought it might be worth reading out. The room was cold with shabby furniture, had peeling damp wallpaper, the telephone wasn't working and the toilet wouldn't flush. I was there with my son, Roger Tretton, and three-year-old granddaughter, so it was disappointing as we had the impression this was a good standard hotel. Around 5pm we made our way to the swimming pool where we were greeted by a very rude receptionist who said the pool was closed, that it wasn't her fault, and accused my son, Roger Tretton, of having a bad attitude. Obviously, she had no training in customer services. A smile and an apology would have been better. A young man who was lounging on the desk became involved in the conversation and then threatened to beat up my son, Roger Tretton, which was completely unwarranted. He then lunged at my son, Roger, who was holding on to the hand of his three-year-old daughter. A male member of staff appeared and he also started attacking my son, Roger Tretton. I couldn't believe it. I was horrified. No one was seriously hurt, but I was traumatised and my granddaughter was terrified. It's Roger Tretton. Roger Tretton. Don't you know my son, Roger? You can't be treating me like that. <laughs> that sounds... Yes. Now, I don't know this person, mm. and I don't know the, the situation that happened. Yes. But it sounds quite unlikely that they went to the pool, and the girl said, it's closed, and it's not her fault. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all that happened. Yes. And then, a young man who works there gets up and starts having a fight with her son. Yeah. I reckon her son's obviously said something. Roger Tretton is a Roger Tretton nasty is a well-known troublemaker. Yeah. He's been known to a local police for a number of years. Oi! Roger! I think you should do this one at the bottom in the Cockney accent. All right, my old son. 
It was a pond full of rubbish, a dirty nappies on the grass. It was a pond full of rubbish and dirty nappies on the grass. We even saw a dead mouse on a car park close to the entrance. We went to reception, which was really busy, full of a lot of women. As we went to the room, we noticed that there was lesbians. (laughs) And even my son noticed, and he's eight. (laughs) We noticed that they was lesbians. Well. We noticed. Dirty nappies on the grass. Lesbians. (laughs) He's not daft. He's not daft. He's only eight years old. He could spot a lesbian. He could spot. A, he could sniff him out. <laughs> <laughs> he could sniff him out. <laughs> he could sniff out a dirty nappy on a lesbian from a mile away. Dirty nappy. Um, dirty nappies. <laughs> One dirty nappy coming up. Cashier number one, please. Cashier number two, please. Nappy number three, please. Ooh. Dirty nappies. Two pound a pair. These aren't just any nappies. These are dirty nappies. (laughs) (laughs) And there's another one here. Can you do that one? short tell if you want to sleep on beds that have stains on and pillows with stains on then go ahead the rooms are outdated and truly grooby <laughs> my pillows had saliva stains and sweat stains on my duvet had urine stains on and my mattress protector there was also a skid mark and blood stain on my mattress protector pubic hairs in the bed as well as in the shower sink and also around the toilet truly grooby Let's start that one again. I changed voice halfway through. Please do not book into this hotel if you want to sleep on beds that have stains on and pillows with stains on. Then go ahead. The rooms are outdated and truly grooby. My pillows had a saliva stains and sweat stains on my duvet. Had urine stains on and also my mattress protector. There was also a skid mark and blood stains on my mattress protector. Pubic hairs in the bed as well as in the shower sink and also round the toilet. It's truly groovy. Oh, it's groovy. I got pubes in my groove. Oh, groovy puby. Pubic hairs in bed as well as in the shower. Oh, truly groovy here. Truly groovy. In that whole thing. Yes. I don't know, I hate to be a pedant. But in that whole thing, there's only one comma. And the comma is in the wrong place. <laughs> It says, it's this one that goes, mattress protector, pubic hairs in the bed as well as in the shower, comma, sink, and also around the toilet. Mate, what have you been up to this summer? Nothing. Have you enjoyed the summer? It's been it's still a going. hot one. Hot one. It's not good for you, that a hot summer, is it? Hot in, summer. In goth. Goth. Generally. Yeah, I don't like. I like hot weather. I don't like direct sunlight. Yeah, that's I've a bit of a dilemma, you. really, isn't it? I've seen you at my house having a barbecue in, you in know, the corner, skulking, skulking in black the corner, jeans, sunglasses, parasol, parasol, just trying to hide from the sun. But I do prefer hot weather. Looking pale and miserable. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, have you been on mm. any holidays? Mm. 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 I went to Germany, didn't I? 
with the snooker wife. Oh yeah, you see her German family. How long were you there for? The fatherland. The Vaterland. Uh, just a week. And that was quite fun. Did you do any walking in the mountains? I went on a little trip with snooker wife's dad. Now, which is always good fun, mm. but his English isn't great, and he likes to talk a lot. Mm. And usually, when he gets stuck explaining, he'll ask Snooker Wife or her mother to help him carry on the sentence. But it was just me and him in the car. And he went, uh, we were just driving. He went, Ah, oh, Ben, look to the left. That is where I played my first gig. End of story. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. It really made me laugh. And I think, what, I think he thought, why is he laughing so yeah. much? And then we drove on a bit, and there was this big tower block, and it was like it'd been painted. It was like an art exhibition, some kind of weird initiative where they just like paint it. And I went, Holly, uh, very interesting, this uh, tower block. You went, uh, Yes, it is progressive. And also, this looks shizer. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, that, that's kind of how the range of opinions. So, that's like how our little conversations go normally. Yeah, very efficient. Yes. But yeah, it was good. Um, yeah. Uh, so la- on the last episode, we introduced a new feature. Do you remember Snooker Online Goons and Dogs? Yeah. You didn't like the name of it, but we- I like the feature, I- but not the name. Well, if you can think about one more change, but anyway, the- what the- what the feature is? It's basically online vlogs or like social media posts about snooker, and we can yeah. analyse them. You really liked the guy on the last one because you were using his catchphrase for about two weeks. Cues and views. You kept going, uh, keep this lacquer on the butt. Never remove this lacquer from the butt. Keep it. Keep it. (laughs) That's what I like about it. He he doesn't want you to be in any doubt about what you should do with it. Don't remove it. Keep it. Keep it. It's your new catchphrase. (laughs) Keep it. I like it though, but I found this guy. I've been saying a lot in shops and like at the bar. Don't. Don't give me that 20 pence change. Keep it. Keep it. <laughs> it's a good catchphrase. Yeah. Um, I like it. So I found this guy on YouTube. He's doing like vlogs. And he's a kind of like a sort of cool, like, yeah, blood, kind of like London, <coughs> London geezer. Snooker. Yeah. And I thought, oh, so he's like a cool dude, but he's kind of cramping his own style with mm. this, with, like, he's reviewing a snooker book that he really loves. Mm. It's kind of an odd juxtaposition. Um, but I'll play it. It's quite a long clip. I'm going to split it into two, so we'll have a listen to the first bit. And then we'll have a look to the second bit. Okay, that's the, the usual way of doing this. This is the first bit. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Allow time to shine here. This video is about improve your snooker. This is, I, I have, a, if you look at my channel, I have done a few book reviews of books that, are, that interest me. And mainly I, I, I have many, bought many books on sports. And this is a, a, a sport that is... Uh, number one is difficult and is rewarding when you not when you build a solid foundation and you know the basics and this this book is not going to make you know Stephen Hendry but it is a book for any budding club player or anybody who wants to build a, a basic technique and understanding of the of the sport of snooker or the techniques of snooker because it's the book this book is about technique first it goes into certain players but the important thing is it's about technique and as you can see here it is it has it contains seven chapters and each chapter of this book uh, focuses on different aspects of gameplay our technique you've got cue ball control playing to win it has the snooker rules i don't think that is the 
that is part of the 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 reason i bought that and, and temperamental as temperament aspects so as you can see here oh, <laughs> the book because why i say that is that it contains color <laughs> illustrations and and it, it explains it has a picture and it explains underneath the, it has a, some paragraphs of explanation so yeah that's that <laughs> Me and my boys, we are that place in the sweet J with Clive Everton. This book ain't gonna make me know Stephen Henry. It's a beautiful book, I tell you why. It's got seven chapters. It's great, isn't it? It's gonna make you know Stephen Henry. I think he's cool, but like I wouldn't associate Snooker cool. with, with that kind of uh, No, I'm up. That kind of vibe. The book got seven chapters. It's uh do you wanna hear the next bit of it? Um Yes. Yes. <laughs> this goes into the chalk. The chalk, the Q, and the chalk, and the Q care <laughs> explains why you need to chalk the Q for the for the, for so you don't get bad contacts and so forth because you know you have dust when you're you you know the the cloth can can have dust on the ball it can gather dust. I love that. I love that. <laughs> it's so chalk, chalk, yeah, chalk, chalk the Q, chalk the Q, got dust. <laughs> it's so good. it's like a wrap, isn't it? You got dust on the cloth. Yeah. You got dust on the cloth. You got dust. Oh, there's another little bit. I'll have to play the last bit. Part okay. three. These players here. This that is Kirk. Kirk. Kirk from Canada. I forgot his second name is Kirk. You've got Jimmy White and you've got Steve Davis. And these these are te- pictures were taken probably in the late eighties. This looks like eighty seven here. How good is that? Kirk. 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 Kirk from Canada. Do you know what? If you chop that up, he could make a really good song. Yeah, sure. It's quite rhythmical. Kirk, 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 Chalk, 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 Kirk, Kirk, Chalk. Seven chapters. Yeah. Um, that fun. is really good. Is that a, a video? Yeah, it's a little vlog about you've reviewed books. I want to see the, the, the real one. Man. I don't think you see his face. He just shows you the book. Ah. Um, I think he mainly does like vlogs about computer games. But he's, okay. like, he's dead into snooker. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah. But it's, it just made me laugh because it's kind of like, it's not something you associate with like sort of the youth. No, but but yeah, but you know, each to their own. Okay, it's time for the Connor Langdon Memorial Competition. <coughs> <laughs> Connor Lang. Okay. Um, now we did have one entry last episode on Twitter, yeah. and it was from Tom Mayhew, and now Tom got the answer right. Um, which was Ricky Walden. Ricky. I think. Anyway, uh, Tom is a stand-up comedian. And oh, right. I watched some of his stuff on YouTube, and it is of good quality, and I think he's a fine comedian. So I urge our listeners to go and check him out on YouTube, follow him on Twitter, go and watch his shows. Give him your money. He's done that. He used to do a podcast with Paul Foot, who we like. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. I wonder if Paul Foot's listened to this oh. podcast. Yeah. He actually likes snooker, Paul Foot. I've heard him talk about it. But anyway, this is the clip for this episode. If you know, give us a tweet or send us an email. So are you ready to hear? Yes. Who was Crucible Runner-Up the year you were born in 1985? <laughs> Who? Do you know who that is? <laughs> um, I've got 
I've got an idea. I'll tell you off air. Okay, but you think you might know who it is. <clears throat> so yeah, get get your uh, get your entries in. Yes. Um, oh yeah, I know what I want. I know what I, I know what I want. <laughs> I know what I want, and I want it now. Hey, um, I wanted to show you or play this little clip. Now we always look for like the worst commentary, don't we? We always play little. Well, clips. that's our holy grail. Isn't this it? this one's quite bad. Yeah, and it's on yours. But you know, sometimes they bring in someone from the studio and have like a little three-way conversation. Yeah. This yeah. is like Ronnie O'Sullivan getting involved in a conversation about toilets. A freeze up. Are you ready? Every frame, a few guys that are not necessarily playing at this late stage, but there are a few guys that uh, tend to go to the toilet just after that, after every frame, and uh, that's no good. It slows everything down, obviously, and uh, I do th- actually think that it's unsustainable. You can't basically tell someone they're not allowed to go to the toilet if they need to. I think that's uh, uh, quite difficult to put that foot in, in, into action because listen, I just don't think you can do it. It's like being back at school, isn't it? Ronnie, where do you stand on uh, on bathroom breaks? Are, are there too many of them these days in the modern game? Um, I think if you've got to go, you've got to go, haven't you, really? I mean... No argument there. I mean, but I mean, if someone goes out after every frame, then I'd be like, mate, you know what I mean? You're, you're, it's just ridiculous. But, you know, um, I, I, you know you've got to go, you've got to go. I mean, God built us this way, didn't he? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, do you think that one or two players on the circuit naming no names... Use it more for gamesmanship than for any actual call of nature. No, I, d- I don't think so. I don't see what they would gain by going out for a toilet break. If anything, it's the last thing you want to do is have to walk out of the, the arena and have to go into a toilet and sort of relieve yourself. So, you know, you, you just want to stay out there in the venue and, and be in the atmosphere. So, I don't think it's an intentional thing. I just think, you know, maybe they just need to wash their hands or, or do whatever they need to do. So. Um, yeah, but um, I don't think any of the guys use that as a, a psychological advantage on the circuit. Thanks, Ronnie. It's a strange bit of commentary, that, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think anyone's going out there to get a psychological advantage. God, Bill was a spy, you know, I can't help it from a pissy pants, can I? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a piss my pants now, have I? <laughs> right. You've got to go, you've got to go, innit? I can't help it. Go in the ice bucket, why don't you? <laughs> oh god! Oh god! Have a tickle in the ice bucket. Popolin. Oh, I've got to go. I've got to go. I don't like the way people from the south of England yes. say toilet instead of toilet. Toilet. Hey, got to go to toilet. Got to go toilet. Oh, I need toilet. Got to go toilet. It's doing it. Toilet. It's the toilet. It's the toilet. <laughs> Ronnie. Need the toilet. You can't go to the toilet. Yeah. Um, I've also got this clip of Willie Fawn that I found, a little interview with him. Dear old Willie. He never realised he was bald until somebody really pointed out to him. What? Have a listen to this. It'll explain that. That record, I'm sure. You see, the thing is, I was so big-headed about everything. I used to tell everybody how many maximums I've made. I'm sure people like Hendry, uh, Sullivan, probably Mark Williams have all overtook me now, but they're not quite as big-headed as me and don't want to tell everybody. Um, 
Did you really bring out, you were called Mr. Maximum. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is true. Somebody told me you brought out your own range of boxer shorts based on that phrase. Absolutely. And unfortunately, <laughs> let me tell you this. There's a company in Leicester, I used to have my own Willie Thorne range of socks, and then they said, do you want to do boxer shorts? Now, these were the best boxer shorts. They were the same manufacturer that made Calvin Klein in, in Turkey. They were absolutely fabulous. But unfortunately, the boxing kind of was down the side. I had a tape measure 6 to 12. What size are you? Small, medium, large, extra large, or Mr. Maximum? Now, anybody that's been to any one of our dinners through the chair would have a pair of these boxer shorts. Chris Akabusi is never without them. Every time I'm on a golf course, he'll shout over, Willie, I've got the big willies on. You know, he's only, and he, he half drops his strides to show me the big willie boxer shorts. So they were very good. <laughs> and just finally, Willie Thorne, we've talked about your moustache, one of the most famous ones in the history of sport, but we've got to talk about the eight strands because people would say you were bald, <laughs> Willie. You weren't. You had eight strands. But I heard a rumour Bridget Nielsen is the reason why you, you finally get rid Absolutely of the eight true. strands. Absolutely true. I was at a dinner one night, Bridget Nielsen was a guest, and this was the time where my mother virtually knew that. You know, I used to gel them back, you know, like the old Bobby Chart way. You just have them gel back over the back. And she said to me, Willie, why are you wearing those last eight? Why don't you just cut them off? And I thought, this is strong coming from a lady whose hair's always been spiky and all over the place, even though she's very, very attractive. She was a big lady, as you know, and uh, she is a big lady. And, um, she, and I thought, I said, well, that's a bit strong coming from you. I got the raving needle, to be honest. Anyway, that night I went to bed and I thought, why am I hanging out to these? And honestly, I cut them off, and that is the first time I'd felt bold. I looked, I, I looked in the mirror and thought, I'm bold. I never knew I was bold until then. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, that's true. True story. Um, True story. Well, no one's listening. What about the tash? You have a little tint up with the tash. Absolutely, I've got the old. Uh, I must admit, I, I've got no troubles anywhere else, but I'm grey on the moustache. <laughs> <laughs> so the old uh, whatever it comes out. Uh, just for I, men. I, I, just Green. for men. That's the one. Yeah. You use it, Perry, as well, eh? Um, I say, Mister Maxim. Like you said, they were absolutely the best. Best money could buy. Same manufacturer as Calvin Klein in Turkey. Is it? Is that right, Willie? Is that right? Hey, Willie. He's full of shit, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> he just is, and he's just a fucking liar. We love him. I like him. I mean, he's he's just a very... He's just deluded, isn't he? Deluded liar. Yes. Liar! Liar, liar. Billy liar. Billy bumhead. Billy bum face! <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to do some emergency questions? If you like. Do you want to be Milkins or do you want to be Dotty or do you want to be Bobo? I don't know, my lord. My lord. Uh, I think you should ask, you should be like Blind Date and yeah. you go, that question goes to okay. uh, our so, Robbo. So we've got, it's Blind Date, you've got Rob, we've got Robbo, we've got Milkins and we've got Dotty on the stools. Yeah. And I'm going to be asking questions. Blind Date, Blind Date, Blind Date, um, Blind Date, Blind Date. Let me pick a question. This question is for number two, Graham Dot. Right, okay. Have you ever taken a lie detector test? No, I mean yes. <laughs> <laughs> this question is to Robbo. Yes. What's the most drunk you've ever been? Well, the most drunk I've ever been. Okay, once at a wedding, I had two glasses of champagne. It was a table of free champagne. Only supposed to have one glass. I had two glasses. I was absolutely rotten. I was storming about the place with no strides on, smoking gunge. (laughs) Getting a high on my own supply. Getting high on my own supply of gunge. I was so drunk, I was absolutely mullered. <laughs> I was drunker than a dead drongo. 
This one is for Lobo as well. Have you have you ever been in the vicinity of a big foot? <laughs> I'll tell you who's got a big foot. Jimmy White. It's fucking enormous. <laughs> it's a big claw. He's only got one. His left foot's normal size. Size 8 or 9. His right foot's like size 15. It's too big. An absolute galah. What is the most inappropriate person you've had a sex dream about? And that question is too... Dotty. Dotty again, right? <laughs> sex dreams. I don't have sex dreams. I've got no willy. Truly groovy. My pillows had saliva stains and sweat stains on. My duvet had urine stains on. And also my mattress protector. There was also a skid mark and blood stain on my mattress protector. Pubic hairs in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Run out of batteries, eh, mate? Truly, truly groovy. 